I'm Robert Guthrie from the Tweed Heads Museum. The Finger Lighthouse is one of our special exhibits. We have a model of that. And so right now we're sitting just at the base of, of the real thing. Can you describe for people listening what the lighthouse looks like physically? I'd say it's about six or eight metres high. It's 24 and a half metres above sea level. It uh, has a commanding view out over Cook Island and of course it protects mariners in this area from the shoals that run down to Kingscliff called Sutherland Reef. Captain James Cook, of course, realised that there was a reef there and had to stand well off as he came through and various other mariners and pioneers had to do similar things to avoid this area. So eventually the lighthouse, of course, became a reminder. Were there a lot of shipwrecks prior to the construction of the lighthouse? Quite a lot. Notable ones such as the Ebenezer where two wives of the um, Boyd family and their children were lost. Um, But there were lots of other wrecks like that. In uh, 1870, a timber lighthouse was built, and it's interesting story behind it because it required supervision all the time. So the lighthouse keeper, William McGregor, would send his boatmen, four of them, one at a time to supervise the lighthouse, which was built of timber. It was four timber posts with like a bird's cage on the top, and they would prime that with kerosene lamp and supervise it all night. So they worked three days, spent a whole night, then worked another three days and spent a whole night. They were hard workers in those days. And of course now it's just all automated, isn't it? Yes, it's all automated electrically now, and uh, every five minute, every five seconds there's a flash. There used to be a large Aboriginal community living on this point in the early days. You've got a story about them? Yes. A lot of the Aborigines were lost in 1859 or thereabouts with that dysentery plague that was better handled by Europeans. But uh, quite a few survivors were still here and and lived in luxury on the um, local fauna and flora, I guess. And there was a boat called the the Wallaby that ran aground in the mouth of the river at Ballina. The three of them decided they were going to walk to Brisbane and get help. They didn't know about Tweed Heads. They walked as far as this peninsula here and the Aborigines looked up after them for three weeks, fed them and housed them and kept them comfortable apparently, but didn't tell them that there were two townships further up the river. They could have gone to Taranora, as it was called in those days, we call it Taranora now, or um, Kudjan. They could have gone there, but they didn't know about it, they just kept going to Brisbane and presumably they were able to uh, organise a rescue for their boat. So there was obviously a lot of flora and fauna around in those times as the Aboriginals survived on. What about now, the area around us? Do we still have a lot of animals and... Very little now. It's very carefully maintained by the local dune care group, but there's not much animal life now. A lot of the native vegetation is being restored gradually. You mentioned before that looking at this lighthouse, it's surprisingly short compared to others around Australia. Why is that? I think it's just because of the height of the cliff here. It doesn't need to be any higher. In its present state, it can be seen for 17 nautical miles, so that's probably plenty. And what about the local community around here? What's left now? Fingal uh, is a very select little suburb, very popular spot, a lot of very nice housing and people find it a very pleasant place to live. And do you think the main draw cut of the lighthouse would be the view that we're looking out on now? Oh, without a doubt, because you can see in all directions, north and south. It's, it's a wonderful outlook. Mm-hmm.